You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. All right, we're live. I'm Vince Orlando. I'm Sean Davis. It's a human condition. Um, we are waiting on our guest, David Coulter. Um, and while we wait, we're gonna we're gonna get you hooked up with the live event, the uh, live feed. So if you'll bear with us, I thought we were gonna be in the studio this week and. That, uh, that did not happen. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> but um, speaking of COVID, here we are. Let's see. Ready to get you hooked up with the live event. Uh, uh, again, that, uh, that did not happen. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> but um, speaking of COVID, here we are. Let's see. Ready to get you hooked up with the live event. Uh, speaking again, that, uh, that did not happen. Thank you, COVID. Okay, I think we're in a couple of places now. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so as you know, our guest for this week is uh, a county executive, for, former mayor of Ferndale, and uh, now Oakland County Executive David Coulter. Um, we asked to have him on for, I mean, probably obvious reasons. Um, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, things happening in the world today that for whatever reason have become partisan issues. Um, you know, you think of COVID and, and it's really more of a health issue uh, for whatever reason that's become a partisan issue. You think about, uh, you know, George Floyd and, and what's going on with the, the, the civil unrest due to police brutality. You think you would think that this would be more of a, a uh, human interest, uh, humanity issue. It's become a partisan issue. Um, you know, you can you can kind of recognize the size of side of the fence that people are on based on where they stand uh, on they on wear a mask or not. Yeah, you know, it, it's <laughs> it's one of the weirdest things I've ever. Uh, this whole what what we're experiencing now is I've never experienced anything like it. I think most people will agree. Um, this is by far the oddest time, the, the most abnormal of times that we've ever experienced in our generation. But to so I mean, in in, in the whole point of, of David is I know I know David. Um, I I'm, I was on the board with him. I'm still on the board. He had to exit the board at Renaissance Unity because. Um, he had other responsibilities, and, and and that's he's he's obviously a busy man. So, um, so he so he had to exit the board to take on these new responsibilities, and and then he was hit with uh, COVID, <laughs> and then uh, right after that, George Floyd, and yeah. and all of this. Um, and, and the kind of the gist of the episode today is, I know his principles. I, I, I when I, when I hear politician. I don't think principles, you know, there, there's a stigma that goes along with this. Kind of like when you hear a lawyer, no offense to my attorney, if, if you're watching, <laughs> but, but I mean, when you hear that, there, there's a stigma that goes along to it and you don't along with it. And you know, that's based on, you know, there's some stereotypes that are truthful, but um, I, I guess seeing Dave out there fighting the fighting the good fight has made decision-making a little bit easier for me because I know his principles, I know the core of his principles and it's all geared towards the betterment of humanity. You know, he's heavily grounded in unity, uh, spirituality. And, and, uh, you just don't think that a person with those types of principles rises to, um, that level, right. And Oakland County is no joke. It's the 21st richest, wealthiest County in the country still. And, you know, we're, we're, uh, where money flows, focus goes in terms of politics and, and uh, you know, it's, it's a serious position. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting when it comes to county executive, you know, they still have city council, mm-hmm. they still have to work with a board, they still have to work with different communities and townships and stuff. There's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts, even when you have that position. And, you know, I, I thought it was extremely odd that when L. Brooks Patterson died, 
Then he, he, he was got to the other side of the spectrum. Completely. And I remember his story. He was like, well, I really wasn't planning on it. And then, like, you know, it just kind of happened. And, you know, it was like, here you go. And I remember he was like, man, there was like, there were like court cases and they were trying to go to court and get him out of there and yeah. all this no, they stuff. Are. And I was just like, wow, like all that, like, just because like the the party flipped in the executive position, and I just thought it was like real wild, and you know, I mean, he's definitely got his hands full. You know, Oakland County, you know, you got what four million people. Uh, no, I'm not positive. Something like when that. I ask him when he pops on, if he pops um, on, I'll be done. You hope, know, hope you're all right, Dave. <laughs> if you're, uh, we know he's watching, but um, the. The time right now is impaired. You know, you. I asked my stepdad who, you know, saw 67 and 68, 69 and 70, and he is like, hands down, this this year, 2020, blows those years out of the water. I've heard the same. He was like, you know, when Kent State kind of happened, he was like, it was a little messed up. He's like, you saw your own soldiers shooting citizens of the same country. People really didn't take too kindly to that. Um, they thought that was pretty fucked up. And he was like, that was like the the height of it. But, uh, you know, today's time, you know, I really believe it's, um, it's just a shift in consciousness. You know, and the old guard is no longer going to have the power and they're doing whatever they can to maintain their power. Yeah. And they see it slipping. Well, and you see that in the consciousness of people, too. And that's that's why in the blurb that, you know, that I put together for our show, I said it's almost by divine appointment. And I, for whenever you catch this, Dave, whenever you get on, uh, I'm sure you'll be able to go back and watch this. I feel like we're talking about him when he's not here. But um, but to reiterate his story, I remember when he came in and, and he said uh, he announced that he wasn't going to run for re-election in uh, Ferndale as mayor. And he said, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm going to let the universe decide for me. Yeah. And, and, and just going to you know roll with the universe. And, and it wasn't. I, you know, and when he gets on, we'll have to ask him, but I can't remember. It wasn't long after that uh, that he was offered. Again, L. Brooks passed, and, yeah. and they went straight to Dave, and and, uh, and he had to make a decision. That, yeah. uh, you know, and then, uh, and this is prior to uh, COVID. Yeah. This is prior, you know, he, he, I like mean, a month I don't prior. Mean to laugh, like a month prior. I don't mean to laugh, but it's like, so how divine can that possibly be? Like, <laughs> Yes, you're stepping down as mayor. You, you've been there, uncontested. Yeah. Um, you don't know what you're going to do, but here you go. And, oh, by the way, here's this and here's this. Yeah. And uh, get ready. So, I mean, and, and it is a complete 180 from Al Brooks, right? It just it, the politics. 100%. 100%. Completely different. You know, whatever you think of Al Brooks, he's a household name, right? Oh, no, yeah. no matter what your opinion of him is, household name, um, call him what you will. But, he, you know, he was, he, he was a staple. Yeah. And and then uh, so we're in the time of of feathers being ruffled, and the, and and what I really want to talk to Dave about, and you know, if he's busy, so if he's if he's out there and he's in the middle of something far more important than a podcast, then so be it, and we'll get back to it, and we'll have him on another show. But you know, I I, I wanted to hear his opinion or anybody else's opinion wants to chime in on. Uh, how how did health issues, how did human rights issues become so partisan? And I, 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 maybe that's somewhat rhetorical, but you you mentioned that the guard is is um yeah you know the, the guards there, but the guards there and people you know we elect people into these positions and it feels like whenever somebody is faced with any opinion that challenges their belief system. So it seems like COVID wearing a mask for some reason challenges people's belief system. I I just think, I think COVID, so COVID, you could see it coming, right? 
January, February, you start it, you start seeing it in China and you start seeing it make its move. And then it gets here and all of a sudden we're all quarantined for three months. And then you see George Floyd, um, you know, he, it was just like a Royal Rumble. Like, like it was just like, you know, people had been sitting at home and you, you watch, you know, a man being choked out with a knee on his neck for what was it? A minute, eight minutes, eight minutes, seconds. eight minutes, 46 seconds, crying for his mother. Um, and, you know, what did you think was going to happen? Not you this. Know? I mean, well, I there's, mean, there's no thinking. I mean, really, right. You know, when was when is enough enough? How much police brutality has to go on before we start saying, like, ah, I think this is a problem. I think this systemic racism, you know, has gone way too far, way too long. And, you know, there needs to be some healing around it or a change in perception. Well, you know, I, I think it goes it, it it goes beyond systemic racism, right? Because here's what we see. I, I see two sides of the fence that are fearful of the same thing. So one side saying you won't control me with a mask. Right, you won't control me with a mask. The other side is saying, "Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't know the truth here, but I, I, I don't want grandma and grandpa killed." Um, and they're looking at the Republican Party who wants to open things up, and they're saying, "You're not going to control me with your money," right? So, so you know, we're they're they're both looking at these political polarized opposites and both are fearful of control right of, of and but there's this middle ground of truth that people seem to be missing and and that, that that's that's where humanity lies but the loud the, the loudest components are the fanatical left and the fanatical right and somehow humanity is getting suffocated in between these polarizations do you know the golden rule uh, yeah, yeah absolutely he who has the gold makes the rules. Well, that's not the rule. <laughs> I know, I know. But that's that's like today's rule. And that that piece has got that that rule has got cracks in it and a lot of flaws and they're being exposed. You know, you can't just keep on going with you know, the same old shit from Rodney King, Eric Gardner, like all these things are on tape, but, and it's been going on. And that's just the ones that are on tape. Like, you know, our last guest said, these are just the ones that are on tape. Like this has been going on the entire time. But what I'm saying is it's beyond that. Yes. There's racism. Yes. Systemic racism exists. And you can argue that to your blue in the face, but now they're on tape. Um, They've been on tape for a while. And people will still argue it. It's the it's the fear is constant though. Take take the take the logistics out of all of it, out of COVID. Take the logistics out of racism. Um, you know, take out Black Lives Matter. Take out take out everything. Take out all political agenda. Take out the two sides. There's a fear that's constant on both sides and. Everyone's fearful that somebody somehow is infringing upon their well-being. It doesn't matter which side you're on. So from the from the fanatical left, um, you know, the fanatical left typically has the guys of virtue to hide behind because, yes, racism is bad. Um, um, yes, people should be able to marry who they want to marry. There's there's all these things I, where you I think can, it just goes to lack of limitation. I think it goes where that, I mean, that's the core of it. I think the bottom line is I don't see that there's enough for all. That's the problem. That's that, the that's, fear. That's a big problem, but there's a, there's, there's something else. <laughs> there's something there. There's a, there's a, there's a competitive, there's a competitive energetic flow in it. But a lot of it, I believe is that, you know, they, 
people don't believe that there's enough for all, that we can all have our own piece of the pie, whatever that looks like to you. See, I don't see that on the Black Lives Matter thing. Well, you know what? When you go real fanatical with it, I guess some of the demands that are being made are a little bit overboard, right? They're a little bit overboard. Um, and, and by the same token, um, the denial of the systemic racism, that, oh, not a little bit overboard, that's way overboard on the right. You know, what are they protecting? When you get fanatical left, you get fanatical so, right. What are you protecting? The fanatical right is protecting the way that things have always been. We know that, but what's the fear? Like that's that's I guess that's what we're gonna and I don't know if we'll get to that now, but we're what I'm getting frustrated with up there is people keep beating dead horses. They keep reverting to issues that are fucking irrelevant. They're completely irrelevant. George Floyd had priors. Who fucking cares? Shut up. You know what I mean? Like, who cares? Look about his priors. You're looking for scapegoat. You're looking for reasons to discredit. Right. Know? Like, you got to find a way to discredit something. You so, know, when you don't have any merit for what just happened, like, being on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, your whoever side is on, we'll call it the system, the law, he had priors. He had this. He, so he was passing yeah. funny money. Whatever the fuck it was, you have to dig up the dirt to try to discredit what went on. For what? To protect to get that, people on your side. For what? That's what I'm really trying it's to a, get to. But that's the thing, everyone. This is a, a, a divided, you know, it's a divided country right now. Like everyone's picking sides. So, and that's the that's the whole thing. You know, there's no sides to pick, really. When you get down to it, there's humanity, and that's all that matters. Yeah, I don't think people see that. And that, that's, and it doesn't matter if they see it or not. That's the truth. You know, so whether they see it or not is irrelevant to me. And I, I keep finding myself, you know, I'll entertain some of these arguments um, when I feel like there's some value, not that I can pull from the other person that's, that, that has this really ridiculous argument about, well, if you um, if you didn't break the law, then you wouldn't get roughed up. And I'm talking to a career criminal, you know what I mean? And I know their past. And, and they're trying to play high and mighty now, and I really know what they're protecting. Um, the ego. Well, it's, it's definitely fear-based. And what I can't ask somebody who won't admit that they're fearful of anything that they're really, they're really just playing this high and mighty um, um, moral high ground, which the, the radical left does too, because they're hiding behind the guy, the guy's virtue. Well, now well, the police, and, and look, we all know the majority of police are good, and we all know that people shouldn't break the law. You, on several occasions, I'm talking to people from my old neighborhood who've broken more laws than we can count. And a lot of the guys at Unity who've t- told me stories personally about them getting pulled over and being fearful of reaching for their wallet yeah. because of they've never broken a law. No. Yet you, who've broken several that I know, and you know, probably some of your whiteness got you out of some of the trouble that you could have gotten into. Um, now you want to play moral high ground because something about what's going on is infringing upon, and I think it. it upon what you have right um and i i think i think i know when uh you know you can see when people feel like they're 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 defensive that's what it is people are defensive they're defensive and that's a subconscious thing you know um when somebody says white privilege and when was this what is that that's hilarious. It's not. It's scary. You know what I'm showing? Sure. Put it up there. Uh, I don't know. I see it. It's the guy with the machine gun and the pink polo. Um, him and his wife. You know, what was that all about? I didn't even see that because I stopped watching the news. They uh, they pulled their guns and the machine gun and the wife pulled the pistol on protesters, I guess. Something something to that effect. Um, yeah, no, it, the world's lost their damn mind. You know, they, they lost it. And they believed that they were going to, you know, what, lose their house? 
I don't that know was going to get bum rushed. You know, but that, I, I don't feel like that's in, that's not a unfounded fear. They look ridiculous because nobody was attacking them. You know, um, and you see a lot of that. You see. <laughs> Like even on my feed, I'll see some people that are lashing out, saying, "Oh yeah, come get some," and I'm thinking, "Well, nobody's coming after anything. Nobody, nobody's coming after you. That like, there's there's nothing." Yeah, that's St. Louis. I was in St. Louis. St. Louis kind of known for having a lot of racism. Uh, every, I mean, this this country. It's, it's, look, man, it, it's it's so ingrained in the subconscious. They said that they were a victim of terrorism. Well, we're all victims of terrorism, I guess. You're <laughs> uh, protesting too close to my house. Gotta get the AR. <laughs> but there, you know what? We can laugh at it. We can, and, and that's and part of the problem. And it is funny, right? It is funny. Well, you look at it, it's, but it's serious. I mean, it's it is serious. So why? So it why don't if people because it's, it's funny? But like, like I see, we see the fucking see these clowns, clowns, you know, because that's to me what they are. But that's what we call them. The clowns. And then what do we do when we call them a clown? If I go out here and I start beating up everybody, because you know, I'm good with words. And if I want to dismantle everybody that can test me on my feet, I'm trying to make it a safe place where we can all talk. And I can't stand some of the things that come in my direction. These are from friends that I care deeply about. Even right. family members love them. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I fucking can't stand what's coming out of your mouth right now. And I know how misguided you are, but I got to let you speak because... The problem is we judge people like and that's what people are defensive about. So I say Trump 2020, not me personally, but a friend says Trump 2020 to me. I got I got to rather than Why you have to engage. No, but it's not even that. It's it's not even about engaging. It's about if you are going to engage. Number one, people want to be heard. Right. True. First and foremost, people want to be heard. So why not say, oh, I don't have to agree with you. But if I'm curious about why, why don't I say, well, why do you feel like that? And then just listen. I don't, it doesn't have to be an argument. We don't have to call them clowns. I agree with you. It's fucking hilarious. The memes and everything. But at the same time, they were, I think they were genuinely fearful. So if we're going to get to the core of what people are afraid of, we have to listen to them, you know, because I, I find that hard to believe that they were actually but we're not in their shoes in the same way, in the same way that uh, somebody who doesn't believe systemic racism, who's never sat in a room with people at unity and heard these stories from non-criminals, people that have, you know, lived. Right. so in the same way that they don't believe systemic racism doesn't exist, we have to at least try to sympathize with the fact that they haven't experienced it and nothing in their life circumstances has pushed them into, into trying to understand and if all they do is get judged every time they have an opinion, what it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on, if everything if you're going to be defensive. So take this to an either go to a spiritual level with the energetic platform of the third dimension right now, which is existing in the reality we live in. I truly believe that there is a shift of consciousness and Things are going to change in a huge, drastic way for the better. Well, that's the hope. I'm texting Dave, just letting him know we're you know, up on the number. It's always it's always rocky when light is cast upon the darkness. It's always a tough, a tough go. Here's here's the here's the thing though, man. What if we're part of the darkness? If in our judgment of everybody who has an oppositional viewpoint, we're part of the darkness or so the flip side of the same coin. So I don't have an oppositional point of view. You know, you have to be everyone where they're at. I'll listen to anyone. I'll listen to anyone to see where they're at. I may not agree with you, but I'll hear you. And I don't judge you for what you're saying or what you believe in because I'm not the fucking judge. I don't want to be the judge. I merely want to see where you're at and meet you where you're at. So we got, we got, uh, you know, Angie's talking about COVID scares people. So they start gr grasping at anything they can to control the masses about perception. 
of control, right? It's symbolic in yeah. that way. And, you know, it, it's, it's fun to have Mike chiming in here because me and, me and Michael go head to head. That's my boy from, from way back. And uh, I disagree with him on pretty much everything, <laughs> but that's okay. And we, you know, it's, so when, when she says, when Angie says that it's, it's symbolic, us of higher consciousness have to recognize the symbolism in that as uncomfortable as it is, because it, at the end of the day, do the masks work? I don't care. You know what I mean? I, I, but do it, will it make that guy at the bank, when, when he called me on not having a mask, will it make him sleep? And, and in a very gentle way, not in a controlling way, will it make him sleep better at night? At the end of the day, that's all I care about. You know, right. Because so, people are scared. Right. But you got to. So in that piece, you have people who have lost their businesses. You have 45 million Americans unemployed pretty much due to COVID. So right there, you have a fear based population because they don't really when unemployment runs out, things are going to be hard. <laughs> You know, to say the least. Right. So there's fear there already. Right. So, you know, the the old adage for human beings is don't fuck with three things. My money, my security, and my sex. And if you start fucking with one of them, everything gets out of order. Because you're now, now when there's a fear based on the security and the money, and I don't necessarily know. You know, then fucking. So we look. We've established that there's fear. Oh yeah. We we know that. My whole thing, and you know, and, and what I wanted to talk to Dave about, but we'll get to it. I don't know if he's going to get on tonight or not, but uh, we'll get to it. So, but well, how do we bypass the fear? How do we allow people to think what they want to think and give them a platform to speak? Like I, I think you need to be able to un un unleash this on people with oppositional viewpoints. I don't, like I said, I don't agree with anything Mike says for the most part, you know, but, but I know he's a good father. And I, like, I, I know back in the day, there's this integrity that we both had that got us through some sticky situations in our lives. So we're not that different. We just have these surface disagreements. Not, and it's not, for me, it's not even surface. Like mine is humanity. I'm here in the middle. I may seem to lean left. There's times where I might seem to lean right, but I'm right here in the middle and it's real easy for, and this is, again, this is, this goes back to why I wanted to have Dave on as a guest is he makes decisions in the realm of politics easy for me because I know his principles. So if he's out there on the front lines and, and when he's providing numbers and deaths and things like that, I know that they're real. I don't have to question it by any stretch of the imagination. So I guess I have a little bit of it of an unfair advantage by knowing somebody in that position. And I believe the information that's coming without question. So I don't have to, there's that's, no, that I think is a, a problem in itself. Like that? the amount of information that's out there, that's not even fact check. And you have a lot of is, yeah, media yeah, sources, yes. news sources yeah. that are full of shit. That feed, people that feed those fears. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You yeah. know? And yeah, so, 100%. so then you have a population who's misinformed about the truth. Because they're getting their news from one particular entity, which might lean left or might lean right. And then I have to be in alignment with that side. Angie says, what I mean is not wearing a mask makes some people feel they're in control. Right. Right. You're not going to control right. me. And you know what's my liberty, right? No, so that you know, I, I didn't, me personally, and I, I would consider myself spiritually evolved, right? But I, I still have these internal defense mechanisms that have gotten me through my entire life. In the worst of times, you know, there's still things that are subconsciously programmed. So when when COVID first happened, I'm thinking not selfishly in a malicious way, but why do my kids have to miss school? They're not going to get sick. Right. Why do I have to wear a mask? I'm OK. I'll be out there. I'll, I'll deal with it. If I get sick, I'll, you know, I'll go to the uh, whatever if I have to go to the ER. But I think I'll be all right. So it was me, 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 me. Wasn't. And I told this story before on here. Wasn't until I went to my parents' house for their birthday and, and they both mentioned their. My mom mentioned both of their COPD. That's when a bell went off. And I'm like, oh, shit. 
you know, I come in with a on rolls of toilet paper because I happen to yeah. see them at CVS as a joke and a gift bag for my dad. So I could have very easily contracted something or been carrying and spread it. And uh, so it made me think that was the first step. And then it probably wasn't until two, three weeks later and just prior to the mask being mandatory in most places. Um, but they were starting, it was starting to be a thing, you know, people that, that were just doing it for health reasons and out of fear um, were doing it. So I'm in the line at the bank, right? We got the line outside the bank and, and uh, I'm, I'm at the bank pretty much every day. My business never shut down. So I'm standing out there and there's an old man in his, his, uh, his, his uh, minivan and he's just looking at me. And uh, then he finally says, he's like, hey, I don't think they're going to let you in without a mask. The gut response is, and it, this didn't come out, but the gut response, and I know it because I've been trained through cognitive processing therapy to catch these visceral responses, these emotional responses, was, who are you talking to? I, go, I come here, this is what's going, the, the internal dialogue that's going on, this guy's trying to control me. He's trying to fucking control me. And I almost got snotty with this old guy, and I didn't. You know, I caught it, and I asked security, I went about my business in the bank, he's like, no, you're fine. As I'm driving away, I see the old man get out of his minivan and get into the line. And then it hit me. I'm like, he was just genuinely scared. He was afraid that maybe I might be carrying something. I'm going into this confined space and don't I might you, give it to don't him. Don't you think that maybe it was just like a common courtesy? That's what you like a heads up. Like, yo, man, I don't think they're going to let you in without a mask. No, he was scared. This guy was scared. And, that's, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm glad because that's what hit me. Because it was the fear. He waited till I got out of line. He wouldn't even get in line behind me because he was genuinely afraid. Right. I mean, I, you know. But the point is, the point, the, the point is, like, that's what mattered. Like, once I grasp onto that, I'm like, okay, so mi- scientifically, maybe the, it can still be spread. Who fucking cares? That man can sleep better at night. If I got that mask on for two minutes inside of this place. I'm going to do it. But I get what Angie's saying is people feel like they're being controlled because in that moment, before I thought better, before I processed it better, I thought felt like this guy's trying to control me. Wasn't the truth. You know what I mean? A lot of people, uh, I believe, think that like those that are at risk, you know, you need to shed some of the weight of the population anyway. So, (laughs) you know, Get get those that are susceptible. See, that's that's the kind of shit I will dismiss. You know, when people start talking that hate shit, to me, that's hate. Like people are expendable. If, yeah. if you're going to start talking that lives are expendable, yeah. you can you can fuck off, right? With your opinion. I know a lot of people that believe that lives are expendable. And you know, I, I mean, I guess if you take a stoic perspective and, and start saying that, that, I don't believe any lives. If I can save one life, that's you know, my kids. I was I don't I was just in right. Most people don't, and that's sad. The deep emotional connection that you have, that I have, a lot of people don't have. They dismiss it. Dismiss it. You you, you just know? said the key fucking word because I think we're born with it. I think we're born with it. Yeah. Society pulls us away from it. Yeah, of course. So of course. I was. Because conflict sells like conflict and hate and all that stuff like. It's always been a division. There's always been a division. The ego will always be pulled to two sides. And it, 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 well, and and that's that's what we're here for. We're here to transcend. If you're stuck on either side, I'm sorry, but your level of consciousness is flawed, and you're part of the problem, right? And I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. I'm not pointing fingers, but if you're stuck on the far right, or you're stuck on the far left. Your level of consciousness is. It's either victim or uh, victim or controller. So you either believe that you can control the fucking environment around you, or you believe that you're victimized by it. In either one, there's zero growth. You know what I mean? It's the flip side of the same coin that we've seen since the beginning of written human history. Like so, but everyone he, wants to believe they have control. But it's flawed. I'm, That's all I'm, I'm saying. I'm in control of my life. I'm the dictator. I'm the captain of my soul. You know, I'm what? the one that I'm the one. I, 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 I mean, my people are mine. very much mine. They're very much stuck in the eye. Oh, the eye that like the, this. I, it's me. It's my ego, 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 ego on both sides. 
I'm so, sorry if you're yeah. hiding behind the guise of virtuosity over here. Um, you may be wrong. And if you're hiding behind the guise of virtuosity and, I, and I'm uh, an American and you can't infringe upon my rights, you're probably wrong. You know, it's this middle ground that people are so afraid to grab. I know the level of trauma that it took to, and you know, too, from your experiences through alcoholism and everything else, the level of trauma that it takes to rattle a person to really evaluate themselves and say, maybe the way I've been thinking my entire life has been flawed to get to that level of self-realization almost killed me. So here's a good analogy in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And there is a solution. They talk about a great freight liner. It was right around the time of the Titanic. So the Titanic was still fresh in everyone's mind. I remember that. And so what happened was, is in the book, they were writing that it didn't matter from steerage to captain's table. So from the bottom of the fucking boat where the employees lived and all the people who really had the cheapest ticket to the captain's table, when that boat is going down and y'all are hitting the water, you're all the same. You're all the same. You're all the same. It doesn't matter. You're all just trying to survive. I just got a, a, a comment from Heather, and, and Heather, I disagree with Heather on pretty much everything too. She's from my neighborhood, and we can agree to disagree. And she makes a, you know, her point is condoms are supposed to stop the spread of disease. It's not the same thing. You know what I mean? You, you can choose whether or not to have sex with somebody. You, you can't choose if somebody coughs on you at the supermarket or whatever. And to me, I'm sorry, but a half million people dead in four months. It's relevant to me. You know what I mean? And then you, But you say that to somebody and they'll say, well, how do you know those numbers are accurate? Well, because I use, I go to Johns Hopkins and, and Johns Hopkins are the ones that pointed out the hospital for flawed numbers in the first place. So I'm going to go to the nonpartisan um, and, and you can look at all these different graphs if you really want information about it. Um, was it exaggerated by the media? Probably. What When the, the media exaggerates something, what do you do to the non-believers in the first place? You've just validated their stance. It's the same thing as if I don't like Trump. I don't like anything he stands for. Now, if I'm out there every day saying he's a fucking asshole, that guy's a piece of shit, and I'm making fun of the way he looks and everything about him, what have I just done? I've validated every every defiant separatist thing that he said. I've now validated that because he can be defensive, right? I've validated, I've validated your defense mechanism, so now we can't get anywhere because you have to defend yourself, and I have to defend myself, and we're caught in this fucking trap. Meanwhile, the people with common sense are stuck in between it. Like, what the fuck, man? I, I thought I thought lives matter. Yeah, racism's bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't want grandma and grandpa dying. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, it only affects uh, people in this. Shut the fuck up with that shit. So if you look at the analogy of the boat, before you take off to the water with your life preserver. There are those that are running around trying to grab their fucking jewelry out jewelry, of the yeah, yeah. and their money and all yeah. the stuff and take it with them because mm-hmm. they think, like, I gotta have it. That's the value system. That's the value. That system. makes it. You know, and that's a that's a great analogy now because, you know, if you're clinging at your job, which I don't disagree with, you know, my business almost went under. You know what I mean? Could it still? Sure. It's probably not going to, you know, I, I, cause I kicked back into this meditative state and I said, whatever happens. happens. And through my non-stress, I, you know, but if I, COVID don't care if you're rich, you know what I mean? No. And you know, it's, or whatever comes next when it mutates. Right. I mean, it just, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. And there's really nothing you can do. I mean, you can social distance, you can wear the mask, you can be defiant. You know, I, I really believe that you just have to like let this one like cycle through. And you do, and look, and so you do what you have to do to like be to put everyone at fucking ease. If you want me to wear a mask, guess what? I'll wear a mask. It's I'll wear the mask for you. Yeah, right. I don't right. mind. I don't mind. Right. What if it makes you feel better, 
I got no problem with it. What, Let me do that. What does it hurt me? What does it hurt me? To put it on it's for so many minutes. Simple. It's so simple to keep someone anxiety down because and their spirit okay and their, like that old man. And yeah, like the old man. Like go sleep better at night because I put that on for two minutes. He probably has has the news exaggerated it. Yes. Right. Is he going to research that? No. He he lives in. You know what I mean. He's just spherical now. So if it takes me two minutes, like you said, what the fuck? What, you know, love and compassion is a fucking rare commodity right now. It's you know, but it's on a conscious level. Those those that operate in love and compassion, it's a rarity now. So I was talking to my friend today. Um, we we went and had lunch, and me and him will get into some deep conversations. And so the fifth force of the universe is compassion. The binding force of all that is, is compassion. Even at the subatomic level, we really don't have time to get into all of that, but anybody who wants information on that, some, some books on it, I, I can provide you a wealth of information. But all you have to do is look at the state of at least our globe, our population that's observable to us. And the, the human population has increased, even though prospectively, because we see more things in the news, we think humanity is lost. But there's more humans. Um, and what that means is no matter how bad anybody says their life was at any given point, and, you know, they want to go back to, you know, my mom was a crackhead, my dad was this and shot up and, you know, I lost both my parents. Whatever it is, or I, mean, I was abused, whatever it is. There's something ingrained in human beings that, so if me and you are, me and you are adults, right? We're sitting here talking. doesn't matter how bad our past might have been. Somebody took care of us to at least allow for us to be adults talking. And I think a lot of times that's missed in that it doesn't matter how bad it was. The, the, the basic human go-to mechanism is compassion because even if mom or dad was a crackhead, Something in them said, I got to feed this child and I got to put diapers and and now you're an adult. So you can talk about it. So if you have the ability to talk about your past, somebody extended compassion to you despite your circumstances. And I think that's very important. And I think that's something that we miss as we get older. Like this whole thing is bound together by compassion. And we consistently live this lie of lack and limitation of, of uh, you're going to take from me, and society puts that on us. When we talk about the news polarizing and, and getting, uh, you know, they're creating a race war. No, they're not. Um, they're not creating a, a race war. There's some sentiments that are ingrained in us that they're feeding them. The fear is already there. The fear is in you. It's in yeah, me. It's in the past down to epigenetics. So all they're doing is in what feeding off of that. that. And they're, they're saying, well, this side can sell this. This side can sell this. Right. As long as both sides can and sell, as let's long just as keep we're doing. both making a buck. Let's do it. Keep it. And, and now politicians only need 50% to vote for them to get the play. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need the whole population. You don't need to speak. You don't need to speak common sense to the population because the population doesn't matter. You only need a segment that you can scare. Like, and that's what we live in right now. I'm trying to get to a place to where we can bypass the fear and we can have open conversations. Yeah, I feel this way. Don't attack me for it. Um, you know, I, I want somebody to come out and say, you know, I, and I did have somebody say that, you know, I was racist till I left Hazel Park. And when I heard that guy say that in a public forum, that takes balls, man, to say that, no, I was, I, I, you know, I, I believe that my race was superior. And and I, I I said these words and I did these things. That takes balls, um, especially when you know you're going to be attacked in this climate. And how do we get more of that to where people can say, "Look, I've made missteps in my life." Because we all have. All of us fucking have hands down. I don't know what gets us into this position where we think we can play high and mighty over over the other person, <clears throat> but like. How do we get to a place where we can all just talk about the past as the past and say, how do we move forward? Instead of protecting, the, you, you were right when you said people are protecting, trying to protect what was there. But what if what's there was flawed? This is the last thing I want to go ahead. It is flawed. So when we talk about tearing down statues. So 
Okay, so there's parts of my being that were dysfunctional to my growth. At a certain point in my existence, I said, this part of my ego, I've propped this up as my identity. I've lived off this. This, this identity that I created for myself, it's provided me with instant gratification. And I propped myself up on it. There came a certain point in my existence where I said, this part of me is dysfunctional. I need to tear this part of me down. I, I, it didn't take away my history. I still remember that that part of me was there. I just don't come out and praise the statue every day now. You know, like these, like the statues of slave owners. Like Terrence McKenna said, you have to kill kill your culture. Kill, you know, like if, Not I, completely. if I label myself, you know, let's say. Attach yourself to the label. Yeah, let's say, you know, I, you know, my great, great granddad fought for the Confederacy back in the day. And like, that's what I was brought up with and all that other kind of shit. You know, people hold on to their culture like it's their identity. Mm -hmm. That it's like, this is what has built me. And as soon as something conflicts with that, you crumble inside. True. But the thing is, if you really scrap everything you label yourself as... That's and just fucking be, then you have the ability to like really change and visualize and see like this kaleidoscope, you know, like to see it all. But if I only stick to my culture and if I only stick to what I know, and if I allow all the things that have labeled me in my fucking life to determine what my decisions are going to be, then I've wasted a life. Part of the problem is you're not allowing it. It's your subconscious. And until you get to a point where you can contest that subconscious, because a lot of the people that I know that are out there standing, they don't even know that they're standing up for these belief systems. They really believe that there's some virtue in what they're saying. They're not bad people. Some of them are bad people. You know what I mean? Some of them are, some of our, some of them are malicious. So the same ones that, are clinging to the statues are the same ones that are clinging to the fucking old system. Yeah. Well, you know? well and on the opposite why side... Are we, why are we forgetting our past? Why are we tearing our, our past down? That's all I hear that shit. Like, you know, what difference does it matter? Well, you're, and you're talking like, about a different kind of... Per, like, And again, that, that's they don't know that they're doing that. They, they don't know. They haven't come to that stage of evaluation to say, like, they're still, their identity is still ingrained in that. Of course. And we can't fault people for that. And I don't know how to get people to a point to where you start. What you're talking about is the I am. I am that I am. You right. know what I mean? Like the, the awakening. The, awa the, the, the awakening. The, the coming into contact with that's, that pure that's, conscious part of yourself. And that's on top of a whole other thing is that. Like, there's a shit ton of people starting to be awakened right now. But even not at that level, look, dude, <laughs> what blew my mind is when uh, George Floyd happened. To see the amount of people that were promoting violence on, on the side of the oppressed, out of unity. Not, and, and some weren't out of unity, but some were people that I considered spiritually evolved. Like, there's nobody, you can't tell me that violence is right. Does violence have to happen sometimes? Do we live in a society where if cornered, you, you know what I mean? Yes. And and some in anger, you have to allow for it because it happens. But at the end of the fucking day, if you're a unity person, you have to acknowledge that if you meet anger with anger, you get more anger. If you meet hate with hate, you get more hate. There's no way around it. There's never an occurrence in the history of human existence where you hated this person so much for the right reasons that right things started to happen. Do you realize how many people don't know that? Yes, I do. Okay. And that's what, we're, <laughs> but that's what we're talking about. So so we have to acknowledge that a lot of people aren't there. How do we get to a place to where we can... It's so hard to nurture somebody saying, yeah, but he was a criminal. Oh, my fucking God, be quiet. You know what I mean? And I, I, if Dave was on, I wouldn't be... You know, I'd probably yeah. lower my language a little bit, but... Um, like it's so frustrating or somebody saying, no, the only way is to now we got a bomb on them. I understand the anger, but you're wrong. You're wrong. Nothing good's going to come out of it. You know what I mean? History has proven this time and time again. How do I don't know how to do it. 
I know how I'm trying to do it. Uh, you know, and it's just me. And I teach my kids this, like we have one responsibility on this planet is to illuminate the space you occupy while you occupy it. I've made a lot of missteps in my life. And I appreciate the fact that I made those missteps because it brought me to where I am today. You know, I said this to someone earlier this week, you know, we were having a conversation about all the stuff that's going on. And I was like, you know, what an exciting time it is. Absolutely. To be a kid Absolutely. in today's time. Like, if I was a kid and I was watching all this stuff, like the consciousness that's going to come out of all of this yes. and when they get older is going to create a society that is beyond anything my mind can even try to comprehend. We, we need to get Brett Talander on and, and talk about uh, talk about kids. Um, but I'm glad you said that because we only have a few minutes left. So. You you picked up the colitis. Yeah, man, that's great. So so this is this is a gift um, from you know, and this I guess this is part of effective co-parenting. Even when you're not with the mother, if you guys say hey. Dana, like that. So the kids got me this, and uh, and on it you can't see it. It says uh, it says the world through our eyes, and what it is, it's a kaleidoscope, handmade in Israel. Um, it's it's really really cool. So you look in here, and everybody knows what a kaleidoscope is, and. You know, when I saw this, it brought a tear to my eyes because, you know, you look in it and you see all these different shapes. And yeah. so here's what the, the card says. And, and I just want to we can leave everybody with this because it, it's. The kids, they're not lost. And if and we don't need all the adults to step up, no. we need a few of us. We need a few of us to say, look, you guys aren't misguided in your anger, but here's how we can channel this and we can make a difference. Some of these adults, they're lost, right? And you, you got to let's guide them down the path to, you know, to let's let them be comfortable. They're not going to change and that's okay. But for you guys, so this is what I, I got from them. And it says the world through our eyes. And, and it just made me think like they're perfect still. They, they're, they, they have a chance and adults do too. But what trauma does it take to undo that old programming? So it, the card says a human kaleidoscope, splendid and exciting. Reflecting the place where we come from, different cultures, faiths, religions, smells, and tastes. We believe that the kaleidoscope is the beauty of this small and special country. And with the help of the kaleidoscope, we can step towards a life of love and peace. How much more perfect can you get? The kaleidoscope, be the kaleidoscope. Um, sorry that uh, that Dave couldn't make it tonight. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm sure he's doing important things right now. And, and uh you know, I, I, I don't want that job as a politician right now in today's climate. So um, we'll get him on another time. Uh, but thank you for tuning in. Thank you, everybody, for all the questions. Anything we didn't get to during the live, um, we will get to. And we will see you next episode. Thank you for